Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 43. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. Today, we have a great guest with us who actually does real estate investing on the side. I'm particularly excited to introduce him to you because I know so many people, when they're starting out, it is a side hustle, as we call it. They're doing it while they have a full-time job or other income pursuit that takes most of their time. So I'm really excited to introduce to you today, Buddy Broom. Welcome to the show, Buddy. Hey, Holly. Thank you very much for having me. I'm honored. Oh, so glad to have you. Well, why don't you give our listeners a background about yourself and tell about um, what you've done for you know, your income earning ventures and how you've discovered real estate investing and, and bring us up to speed to where you are today. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I'm an attorney and, and a full-time attorney and investor. And I guess my introduction to investing happened when I was younger, when I was in uh, I mean, in particular, creative investing. Um, I, I recall like really the first time I was in high school, my dad was telling me about the first property he ever purchased. And he was starting off, he was an attorney as well. And he says, you know, I didn't have enough money. I didn't have money to, to buy a property. And so, um, so I found this property I wanted to buy. And I asked the, the owner whether he would allow me to make payments because I could make monthly payments to him. And the owner agreed. And, and I told my dad, I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, I was in high school at the time. I'm like, why would anybody agree to that? And my dad, you know, just sort of sat there and thought about it. He was like, I don't know. I just asked. Him. And then he thought about it a little bit more. And he's like, well, he says he knew me, knew my reputation uh, around town. And he assumed, you know, he knew that I was an honest and upstanding person that, that I'd get paid back. And he was right. He did. He got paid back. And so it taught me three really, um, really important lessons. One is um, ask for ask for what you want. You, know, you might just get it. Uh, two is you can do this business with very little to no money. Um, not every deal, but a lot, there are a lot of deals out there that can be done with very little to none of your own money. And three is your reputation matters. So if you're an honest person, you're upstanding, that follows you around and the flip side, if you're not, that follows you around as well. So it's really important to, to, to protect your reputation and to um and to uh to to practice, you know, good habits with other people and be honest and do what you say and say what you do. And so um so yeah, so from there <clears throat> I went on and uh went to uh law school and I'd sort of forgotten everything about investing. I was like, oh, you know, that's not really a big deal. I eventually got a job with a big firm uh here in Los Angeles and like I said, forgot everything about investing. And I figured, Hey, the only way to be, to make money is you go get a good job, climb the corporate ladder and put away your 401k. And then eventually, you know, 30 or 40 years after service, you ride off into the sunset and, and hope that you're out. You don't outlive your 401k. And, um, my wife introduced me <clears throat> to the book, uh, rich Dad poor dad. And I said, I'm not going to read that book. That book was terrible. It's dumb. It, that's not the way it happened. <laughs> This, this I is, love it. You know, 
I knew everything, right? You know, so. Um, and so she's like, okay, fine. No, no big deal. And she just left it out. She read it and she really liked it. And then I just saw it one day. She was out and I picked it up. I was just bored. So I was like, okay, I'll read the first five pages and prove that it's garbage and throw it out. And then, you know, 48 hours later, I just blew through the whole thing. And I was like, this is the best book ever. I got to figure out how to do this. So I um, started taking up, um, you know, just talking to anybody I could find. It was really hard. I felt to find like good investors. And I was like, okay, who, who are these people? They got to be out there somewhere. And so, you know, I took then um, some overpriced classes, which we all know about and, and things like that. And I was still having a hard time. And then eventually we're like, okay, that's it. We're taking the plunge and we're buying a property. And so uh, we bought a property in our first property in August of 2008. And that's significant because Lehman Brothers crashed in September of 2008. So our dreams of becoming, you know, overnight millionaires and so on and so forth literally were obliterated right there. <clears throat> and so we, we were like, holy cow, how did this happen? We thought that we had this great deal. And literally, I would say like four or five months later, we saw the exact same property at 40% of the value that we purchased our property. So um, wow. and on top of that, it was negative. And so you, and we all know this struggle, right, Holly? And so, um, so, and on top of that, it was negative cash flow, which was really, um, really challenging. So uh, from there, we're like, okay, what do we do? You know, we're just trying to like, you know, Obviously, it affected our lifestyle. We had to become a lot more frugal and really, really save because it was, it was a really painful uh, economic experience. And at the same time, I realized the crash had happened. So all the properties in the neighborhood were so cheap. So I wanted to get another property, but we didn't have the cash to buy it. And banks wouldn't lend to us based on the last purchase. So we're like, okay, so what do you do? So um, at this point, just by complete luck, I was introduced to a group called Phoebe, for investors, by investors. And um, I went to their first meetings. Now it's a really huge organization here in Southern California. Um, but back then it was literally in some uh, restaurant called Stick and Sign in El Segundo. And, and you know, there was like <laughs> 20 people there maybe or 15 people. It was, it was very, like, very, uh, very different. And um, the gentleman who led it was a gentleman in Ellis San Jose. So I approached him and said, you know, everybody says how great investing is, but this seems really terrible for us. What do we do wrong and how can we make this thing work? And, um, and Alice agreed to mentor my wife and I, and he gives us, you know, all these books to read and so on and so forth. And, um, and he starts to teach us about uh, getting in front of sellers directly, you know, getting, doing direct mail, anything to do to get in front of sellers directly. And, from there, he then introduces us to two gentlemen that absolutely changed everything for me were Gary Johnston and Clyde Wilson. And he said, you have to take their class, financial freedom principles, you have to take it. So went to the class and literally it was a three-day class and it completely changed my life. I saw finances from a completely different scenario and... Um, and that was where we learned about buying with seller financing, creative financing, and things like that. And uh, shortly thereafter, we, we tried to purchase, put out offers on some other properties um, that were not very good. Fortunately, Clyde and Gary were there to direct us and say, hey, you know, stay away from those guys. They're not going to help you out very much. Um, and then finally, after about a year or two of you know, putting out offers and not really getting very many bites, 
um, we closed our first deal. Uh, it was an apartment building, and um, we bought it for uh, $250,000 over market price, which sounds terrible, but we bought it with seller financing, so we had we were able to uh, negotiate a really low down and um, and really good financing terms. So the, um, so it solved the problems of not enough cash and not being able to get a, a bank loan. And so it's been um, it's been great. So so yeah. So and then since then we've just been building a snowball slowly but surely, like buy another property here, buy another property there, using similar techniques or different creative techniques to um, to purchase properties and just keep. Like I said, building the building the snowball. Cool. So, have you ever bought any properties with no money down? Uh, yeah, actually, actually, we have. Um, that can you was, tell us about uh, how you did that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, and I sort of go over this in in the class. Uh, we've done it through just borrowing because we've been able to get a good enough margin on our payments, and then borrowing from a third party to take care of those the uh, the down payment and then we let you know we we give them interest back um the third party and so typically you know in that situation that third party will have money in a bank at say one percent and we'll say hey we can offer you more percent um and and this is how we're going to do it and we show them you know the property so on and so forth and then we can we've done it through that um in addition i mean i think we really learned about no money down um, from our first deal, even though we used our own money in the first deal, we remember that someone was helping us through the through the through the deal. Said, "Hey, do you do you have the money for the deal?" We said, "We do. We have it." <laughs> and the person said, "Good, you know that's good. Yeah, if, but if you don't have the money for some reason, let me know and I will find you the money." And we're like, "Oh, that's what the okay. seller said." No, no, no. This was what a third party, someone was helping us out at the time. That oh, okay. Was, hey, so another I'll, investor, I'll, maybe. Okay. Yeah, another investor. So, so sort of showed me, you know, that people are that that you can do it, you know, with no money down to to get the deal. Um, but at the same time, it's got to be a good deal. When I hear people complain that, hey, like I can't get, you know, I don't have the cash. The problem is not the lack of cash. The problem is the lack of the deal. You know, once you get the deal, mm. then the, you find the money. The money comes. If you don't, if you have a mediocre deal, it's going to be hard getting the money together unless you have it in your in your pocket. Okay. Well, why don't you go into some more details? Maybe, I mean, would you mind sharing some numbers and interest rates so people can get a feel for what's possible? Yeah, sure. So well, I'll go over if, if you don't mind. I can go over my first deal. I think that that's like a pretty neat, um, okay. yes. So that's a pretty neat example of how everything everything goes down. So awesome. um, this first deal happened. It was we've been sending out mailers, mind you, a bunch, and you know we've been getting bites and talks, but it's always sort of like you know we'd meet with people, and then the people would sort of give us you know sort of pat on the back and say, "Good job, kids," and you know go back to go back to school you know it was like one of those deals and so uh finally we met someone and um they called us was i think it was december 15th i want to say they called us and said listen we want to sell and not only that we want to carry the financing um however the catch is we have the close before the end of the year 
So it was December 15th or December 18th. So we had like less than two weeks and we went over two major holidays and we still had to figure out how to close. So we're like, uh, okay. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we, we get the call and then we make arrangements to meet with them on a weekend and they lived out in Inland Empire. So they were way out there. It was like, I remember the day it was like a monsoon was happening here in Southern California. So we're driving out there and it was over two hours to get to their home. We get over there, sit down, meet with them. And, you know, we're, we're playing with their dogs. We're talking to them, getting to know their story um, and why they want to sell. And I think that that's really something, and you know this, Holly, very well, that it's the, the, important, the most important question, I think, for, for anybody who's looking to buy a property is not what's the price, or where's the location, so on and so forth. The number one question is why does somebody want to sell? Because ultimately we're, we're here fixing the problem. And so, so for, for this uh, couple in particular, their, their situation was they wanted to sell because um, they were tired of management. So long distance property for them, the hard to manage property was in a tougher neighborhood, tougher tenants that weren't paying and they wanted to, um, to, to carry because they realized that they were going to have a major, major tax hit and capital gains that they wanted to defer. So if they carried, they'd be able to defer it and earn interest on that money before they paid the taxes. And on top of that, they'd be able to leave this good steady cash flow for, for their children and their grandchildren rather than, you know, the possibility of a lot of times when inheritance come down, they get spent really fast. So they wanted to make sure it was a slow, steady um, cash flow stream for, for their children and grandchildren. Um, so we're asking all these questions, just figuring out what, you know, what it is they want, you know, getting, getting the information, getting to know them. And I, I think it's really important that they meet us, they see us in person. They can look into our eyes and say, oh, these are people that we trust. Um, or if they don't, you know, they don't like doing business with you, they can tell right there. And so we like them a lot and they liked us. So it was really um, seemed like a good, a good match. And we sat there probably that first meeting for, I don't know, like four hours, just chatting. No offers. You know, we talked a little bit about numbers, so on and so forth. And finally, at the end, we start talking about numbers. They tell us the price they wanted. This property was probably worth at the time between 500 to 550, 500, 550,000. Um, they wanted a price of almost just shy of 900,000 for it. Wait, wait, wait. So, Repeat that again. Five to 550, and they wanted how much? They wanted about 900,000. They wanted this was post-crash. They wanted a pre-crash number for this property. I thought so, I misheard you. So they wanted almost yeah. double what it was worth. Um, almost double what it was worth, correct. So, oh, my God. You know, we're like, okay. <laughs> what is, so how do you react when they told you that? Oh, my gosh. You know, we're just sort of, we're just sort of going with it. We're like, oh, whoa, you know, like that's, that's, a, that's a big number there, you know? So. So obviously, you know, your breast, your your breast taken aback by it a little bit when you're like, whoa, you know. So um, so so you hear that number and you're like, okay, now we got to deal with something here. Um, and so we're just sort of going over everything else and you know, what are they looking for 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 interest rate and you know, so on and so forth. And uh, they wanted, they told us they actually, yeah, they said they wanted seven percent interest, and they wanted, and we said, well, how much down? They said thirty thousand down. So it's okay. So we're going around and we said, okay, we'll, we'll come back, you know, we'll think it over and we'll come back and, um, and, and meet with you. 
so we go back, um, go back home, look at everything, you know, go over comps, things like that, and like just to solidify, okay, the property's really worth around five hundred to five hundred fifty thousand if it was on the MLS today. Um, and they call us back and say, "Listen, we changed our mind. We we misspoke. It was thirty thousand. We we wanted three hundred thousand. So we're like, oh, okay, that changes everything. The three hundred thousand down." Because one, oh we gosh. had not, nowhere close to three hundred thousand, so we're like, uh, that you know, that one's not going to happen. And two, um, we it's, it, it killed the deal. I mean, it, you can negotiate around the price and things like that, but the, that heavy down would kill the deal. So we said, okay. Um, but we remembered also back to our conversations. They never said that one of their needs was that they needed a lot of cash right now. We asked them a lot of questions. There was never, hey, like we got a hundred thousand dollar tax bill coming. We got to, you know, we got to pay this thing off. That never, ever, ever came up. So we felt, hey, the three hundred thousand we can't do, and possibly they might just. We don't think that that's really their real need. So maybe we can just get get past it. So uh, we put together uh, some offers, and um, and they keep kept saying, hey, give us the offer over the phone. You know, give us the offer over the phone. And we were talking to my wife at the time. And my wife said, um, no. She's like, you know, we'll, we'll give it to you in person. It's much easier to give it to you in person. And the reason was because it's just way too easy for someone to hang up on you. You know? So um, so we said, we'll, we'll drive out there. We'll meet you in person. So we drove out there again on, I think it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday, and met with them. And we gave them the offer. It was full price. We gave them 895000 what they wanted. Um, and they wanted uh, the 30 down, we gave them 30 down. And then the balance was carried. I forget what the month of payments were. It was like uh, uh, something like 2450 or something like that for 360 months, 2450 to 2500 for 360 months. And, um, and so that was it. And the gross rent of the property was about 7,000. So, um, so they look at the offer <laughs> and we're like, oh man, this is so good. We gave them such a good offer. This is every, you know, two of the things that they wanted, the down payment and the, the, the purchase price we're in. And they look at us and they say, gosh, you know, in a really nice tone. They're like, we wish that you told us this over the phone. And we're, and we're like, okay, why? You know, are they going to tell us they, they love the offer? And they said, because we would have told you not to waste your time coming out here. This offer is terrible. Oh, and, what? Yes. Are you crushed? So, I was devastated. I was like, I was so sad because it was just like, you know, you're just like, especially when you're starting off, you're going to so many people, you're going to so many people, and just like you keep getting shot down. You're like, oh no, like this was, you know, this was it. Um, we thought we had a deal, and there's nothing. And then, uh, and my wife, my wife pulled it out. She looks at them and says, hey, "Is there anything about the offer that you like?" And they said. We like that it's full price. And we said, fine, that's good. We'll work from there. And so our goal was just to keep the conversation going. So, you know, we keep going, keep keep going, just keep chatting. We'll talk about the offer. We'll talk about the kids. We'll talk about the dogs, so on and so forth. And we just want to keep the conversation going. And so um, eventually they say, well, how about, we said, how about, you know, we can, we can come up a little bit on the down payment. You know, how about we come up on say $40,000 down and they say, okay, that's good. So we're coming up on 40,000 down and they agreed to drop the interest at first. They wanted 7% and we bring it down to 6%. 
but the numbers still aren't working. And then eventually they get to the point where they say, okay, listen, we'll drop the purchase price to 750. And so they dropped the purchase price to 750. We didn't ask for the purchase price drop. They, they dropped it on their own. And I think we were somewhere like 48,000 down and 7% interest or 6% interest. And the monthly payments were around like $5,000 a month. And so it's still too much for the property because the gross rent of the property is about 7,000. You know, typically, I would say a good ballpark for multifamilies is a 50% expense ratio. I don't know you. You can. I don't know what your take is on that, Holly. If you, uh, if you. No, see I've that, heard that. that yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 50% expense ratio on gross rents. So it means about you get about 3,500 to play with. Um. So we keep trying to figure out the numbers, and and I think, like I said, we're around like 750,000, 40 down. And the this the remaining balance is seven ten carried at seven percent or six percent for thirty years, which makes about monthly payments of forty five hundred to five thousand. And um, from there, so so the deal still won't work. It still is no no good because the property can't support the payment. So that's really the important thing when you when you get. A, rental property, you want to make sure that the rents will support the monthly payments, the, the mortgage payments right. and all the other expenses. Right. So that, so then from there we go and um, we're still going back and forth. And eventually they say, Hey, we have that 7% interest. And I said, listen, I will give you 50% interest. I don't care. I will give you whatever <laughs> interest you want. We just had to figure out a way to get the monthly payments down. That's all I care about. I don't care what the interest is. I'll give you every any interest you want. We've just got to figure out a way to get the monthly payments done. So then we said, well, how about if instead of a 30-year mortgage, we make it a 40-year mortgage? And then it says, okay, let's see what that is. And, and then they dropped the interest a little bit more, I think, so it's around like 6% or 5% or something like that. And um, And so... It was at six percent, and uh, but it was still too much. It was around four thousand dollars an hour a month of payments. We're getting better, like we're we're getting closer, you know. And so then finally, um, then we say, well, how about this? How about we do fifty months? Excuse me, fifty-year mortgage payments, and we amortize over fifty years because that by stretching out the payments longer drops the monthly payments. So, um, and for them, it was an advantage because. It guaranteed the the cash flow stream would last for longer into their grandkids' lives. Mm-hmm. So, she we were going back and forth with their escrow officer. Their escrow officer was telling us what the monthly payments would be with you know with that that loan term. And so the she gets on the phone with the escrow officer and she hangs up and she looks at us you know not very well and she says, "Sorry guys, you know we can't do that." And we said, oh. "Why? Why? Why can't we do that? You know what's the deal?" And she said, well, you know, our, our escrow officer said that you can't do a 50-year mortgage. And I said, well, okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> I was like, let's, let's, I said, did she say that she'd never heard anybody do it? Or did she say it was actually illegal to do that? And she said, no, she didn't say it was illegal to do it. She just said she didn't know of anybody who'd ever done that. So I said, uh-huh. that's, that's fine. <laughs> I said, let's be honest here. Most people, when you talk about even just seller financing, don't even know about it. So uh, just because nobody's heard of the thing doesn't mean it doesn't work. So 
it's legal. We can do it. We can negotiate whatever we want. Let's just try it out. Let's see. We'll do a 50-year mortgage. And she said, okay, we'll go see what kind of, you know, what the different interest rates are. And so she puts in a 50-year mortgage, and then she says 6%, which was still too high. It was like just shy of 4000 And she puts in 5%, which was close. It was around 3500 And then she puts in 4 and 3 quarter percent, which was like 3100 And we're like, that's it. We'll do that deal right there, 4 and 3 quarter percent, um, $710,000. Um, Dollar carry for amortized 50 years, monthly payments of 3100 bucks, down payment of 40000 So um, wow. that was it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so it was crazy. And so so we're like, holy cow. Like, it was literally, it was like a seven-hour negotiation. We were just, like, at their table, like, <laughs> nonstop. We're in, we're out. Like, the deal's going to happen, the deal's not. Like, it was just like a complete roller coaster. And so oh finally, we sign everything. Um, we give them earnest money right there, we fax everything off to escrow and we're, we're rolling. And then, um, there was, oh, what happened? It got kind of crazy because we originally got a cashier's check and for the down payment. And then the, the, the escrow said, we don't accept cashier's checks. We have to get a wired money. And we said, well, shoot, like now we're in trouble because that was our, that was our money. Like that was it. Um, we don't have money to now go and wire as well. We got this, this amount is what we got. And so, um, so my wife, who was crazy, she was there literally, you know, we're thinking it's not going to happen, so on and so forth. And she was there like the next two days, just at the escrow office, running back and forth behind, between there and the bank, like making sure like anybody had any issues. And eventually they're like, oh my gosh, like this girl is working so hard we trust her we, we believe it's a real cashier check you know and so um so we literally closed on december 30th so it took us oh about you know, yeah so it was pretty stressful and um you know everything just happened so fast like and and we finally got it we recorded on december 30th and we're like oh my god it's the best so we were stoked so let me ask you this. When you were figuring all this out, were you using a what we call a financial calculator to figure out what your payments were and all that? Yeah, I I know like obviously how you use a financial calculator, but at the table I'm not gonna I don't wanna pull one out because it, it gets a little bit, you know, if you're talking to somebody and for understandable uh, you know, understandably so. If, if if I start pulling out a financial calculator across the table from somebody, they're gonna be like, "I don't trust this." So, um, oh. so what we just had was we had them call their escrow officer, and and we really worked to keep the math as simple as possible. And so then the escrow officer would give us the answer. I mean, we've had um, we I prefer to always have the other party do the the math. So, I mean, we've had escrow officers do it. We've had parent, you know, we've had grandparents call their grandchildren to have them go on the internet and, and calculate it. So, um, so we've had all different different types of things done. Um, I mean, obviously, my knowledge of the financial calculator going into it was really was really important because I was able to see the value of the deal of getting a property two hundred fifty thousand dollars over market price. If I didn't have like my understanding, I wouldn't see the value of that. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that was, but we had them do the calculations. 
that is brilliant because if you're just whipping things out and telling your members, they may or may not trust those and you. It all depends on the the degree of rapport that you've built. So that's that's really clever. Do you still own that property today? Yes, we do. Yeah. And, so, and how long ago did you buy it or when did you buy it? This one was in end of 2010. Okay. So um, do you have any idea what it's worth now? Is it close to catching up to what you paid for it? Yeah, Not that you're that probably concerned close about it. It's, pro it's probably getting close to catch up to what we paid for it, you know, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I, I think for us, like the more important thing is, um, w like when, when I looked at this thing, I was like, okay, this is like a long-term, you know, I, I, I just really, I look like it's my, 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 401k you know instead mm -hmm. of when people typically have their 401k they're buying stocks or buying these mutual funds that are offered to them so on and so forth i'm like this is my 401k you know and then any other property we just keep adding that 401k um and so this is like a very like very long-term play that we have oh yeah and that's brilliant i love it's not a get rich quick scheme which doesn't always sound so fun and glamorous but uh, let's be real. Most of them aren't sure. <laughs> true and effective. And to get rich slowly or supplement your income slowly and steadily is way more attractive and exciting to me anyway. Correct. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. So, um, yeah, so we just try to keep it, just keep it slow, steady and boring and just, and just go along. And that was, um, you, you know, just like, just like I said, just building the snowball up. So, um, yeah, so. yeah, I love it. Well, we probably have just um, maybe five minutes left here. So in our remaining time, why don't you share some of your, some of your best advice that you have for people and then um, roll into how people can get in touch with you and maybe learn more from you about this brilliant strategy that you've got. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, if, if the easiest advice I would give would be um, just don't count on a person. You're buying you're buying a rental property. The, the the rents have to be able to cover all the expenses, the mortgage, everything, um, and you know put in a realistic expense ratio for your um, for your rentals. And um, yeah, I think that that's the most important thing is you can't you know I learned it in my first deal. Appreciation will not save you. So especially when that tide goes out, you want to make sure you got clothes on. So, um, so <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really important that you have that, um, that that property can support itself because if you look at our, the deal I told you about the good one, the, our, the market, our market, quote unquote market crashed the second we signed escrow, our net worth dropped by $250,000 that second. But I was happy to have it because I realized I don't have to cut the check and feed the alligator to keep the, the property going. So mm -hmm. I think that that's really the important thing is, is you, you know, you don't want to get caught in a situation where you have to keep making payments to, to keep the, the, the property happy, to keep the property alive. So, um, so right. yeah, so that's my most important thing. I love it. Okay. And how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about 
you and and I mean I think it's fantastic that you're teaching others how yeah. to do what you do. So tell tell us about that. For sure. So I teach a, uh, a from all these things that we learn. Uh, you know how to use a financial calculator, how to structure these deals. Um, we I I decided you know I had a lot of friends would come and ask me, hey, how do you do this? You know why is this thing doesn't make any sense? Why would the buyers do this? Why would the sellers do this? It's, none of this makes any sense. And how do you structure this? So then I decided um, uh, to put together a uh, all-day class on how to use a financial calculator and how to structure deals um, to do this. But not only that, it's really, I would say, it's, it's, it's a deal structuring class and how money works class because money has certain laws that it follows. And I don't mean laws that were put down by, by governments, but it just follows certain laws and principles like compounding, time value of money, leverage, things like that. And it's really important that we know how to work within the parameters of those laws all the time we're making our financial decisions that we face, whether it be, you know, buying a home or, or just getting car insurance. There's there's principles that we that that affect all those decisions we get. So um so I teach an all day class called uh Calculate your way to financial freedom, and um, it's been it's been awesome. I've been teaching it for a couple of years, and I teach people how to do deals like this, how to structure them, how to deal do no money down deals that are safe, that are really build net worth. Um, ways that people uh, get net worth, how you can get those really crazy returns that people that that you ultimately need to build your nest egg, and how to look at just like everyday financial decisions like you know, buying a finance car or, you know, whether college is a good investment or things like that and how to analyze those decisions as if you're an investor. And so, um, so I teach that and you can find out about the class at my website, which is uh, www.buddybroom.com, B-U-D-D-Y-D-R-O-O-M-E.com. And um, when you go there, you can check out my blog. I have a weekly blog I put up. And also, if you are interested, I have a free giveaway on my website. It is a uh, rental property evaluation guide and introduction to seller finance. So it's completely free. Um, there's a uh, just just sign up um, right there on the website, and you will get um, get the guide completely free. And I find it's things that I look at when I evaluate rental properties, things that I like and things that I don't like. And it gives, um, including how to analyze the numbers of a rental property so that you don't end up in a negatively cash flow situation. And then on top of that, how, um, how stellar financing works to give you sort of an idea, because it sounds like a crazy idea when you first hear about it, but it's actually really, really fundamentally sound and a really good way for both sellers and buyers to to complete transactions that works for all parties. So I go over in a lot more detail in that free uh, free ebook how that happens. I love it. Thank you so much. I mean, what a great yes. way for people to to learn about this and what an inspiration you are. Because I mean, guys, remember, Buddy is working full time as an attorney and, and building up his um, as he calls it his four hundred one k on the side with all these um, creative financing deals on rental properties. I love it. So buddy, thank you so much. And I sure hope you guys can take some action, connect with buddy online, buddybroom.com. He's going to sweep you away. <laughs> I love it. 
thank you again. All right. Appreciate your time today, buddy. Guys, get out there and, and go make some great things happen and build some wealth and equity in your life. Awesome. Thank you very much. And like I said, buddybroom.com. Yeah, and reach out to me um, and I uh, can get your free uh, free ebook there. Awesome. Thanks. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.